Doom to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes and adult language. This episode contains the topic of COVID-19. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode two of Doom to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler. Find us on all social media platforms as Mayday Roleplay on our website at MaydayRoleplay.com. If you've liked the show so far, please make sure to share us with your friends and family and leave a positive review on Apple iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. To gratitude. I hope your sight is blessed in this life and the next. It's a relief to know they're not screening our letters anymore, because I'm going to need you to destroy this immediately afterwards. I told you I went back to work for the group. It seemed like a much safer endeavor this time, but they surprised me with an extra assignment, tidying up after someone who had perished from straying. This deserter had left an apartment close by, nothing too exciting except for an exceptional amount of financial records. It did give us another place to check up on in the woods. Uh, regular deserters camp stuff. Log cabin in the middle of nowhere, unreasonably messy, conspiracy board, non-perishable foods, a black box that I personally didn't see but am heavily anticipating viewing its contents, and of course secret underground storage. But this time, it was a septic tank. I don't know what I expected. Maybe drugs, more records, weapons. But when I heard the sound of a woman trapped, uh, you know I couldn't abide by that. Some of my colleagues disagreed on whether we should proceed with an investigation or destroy whatever was down there. We proceeded. We should not have proceeded. What we found there was best left burned. Not that we didn't try several other methods. Semiel tried to talk to it, even jumped down into the tank to do so, Hyde all but emptied her gun, and Merritt towards the end became distracted by an impressive injury to his neck, but he wanted to burn it from the beginning, and it was the only thing that actually worked. Before it did work, it said some things about all of us, stuff that it didn't really make sense for it to know, like my name, among other things. Did you know that submerging part of your body underwater too long can cause your vesicles to burst? It increases the risk of infection and can cause your skin to literally begin falling off. I know that's not your cup of tea, but I figured you'd still appreciate the fact. Anyway, uh, we still have some loose ends to tie up, and hopefully he'll be taken care of by the time you get to read this. Don't forget to destroy it, and thank you for sending me your inmate number. Sincerely, your watchful gaze. Sunday, April 19th, 7.30 p.m. Agent Tuck has just stepped out of the car to remove the license plates on the Suburban. You guys are sitting there, silently, and thoughts of what just occurred cross your minds. Those of you who succeeded on your sanity checks, you succeeded because you refused to accept what you saw. To you, your prayers were answered. To you, this is just part of the job sometimes, nothing personal. Those of you that failed your sanity checks, 
you're shaken to the core. The adrenaline is still pumping in you, and you can't shake the things that thing that woman said. Agent Tuck finishes the front license plate and sits back into the car. What do you do? Agent Hyde's uh, kind of just like looking out the front window, kind of ignoring everybody. Um, she like for a second kind of like extends her hand, kind of trying to like obscure it from everybody else. And she's just kind of checking the steadiness of her hands for a second. When she realizes that her hands, she's not shaking and she's fine. Um, she just finally, still looking out uh, ahead, just says, we, we have to go back. Uh, we have to, to go back. What? There's the white truck, the guy. Yeah, seems like a bit of a problem, doesn't it? What the fuck you did saw, you say to him? I didn't say anything. <laughs> That's the problem. You didn't say anything? He had a rifle. We were gonna. You didn't say, hey, there was a bear, and we were trying no, to scare it off. He was a friendly guy, say, though. Hey, there was there was there was a rat that we were trying to get out of the house. You you didn't say anything. Okay, well, okay. Well, that, what, I'm sorry. Hey, thank you. No, first of all, there is no judging of what we did or did not do, especially with people in the back who fuck with something they should not have fucked with. Look, it's gonna, okay. Let's all get ourselves under control and assess the situation. I agree, we have to do something about this. We should take the most drastic methods possible to make sure that this does not get out to anyone, considering we just committed some heavy-grade arson. I'm gonna put the car in drive because I'm in the driver's seat, and I'm just gonna go ahead and head back towards the truck. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just floor it. Start reversing and go back. So Agent Boomer, your feelings are high. And you already don't like to drive, am I correct? Very you are on the verge of having a triggering feeling, maybe your disorder even kicking in. If you are going to commit to driving, I need you to make a sanity check. 33. That's a success. You swallow the spit or the, 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 the knot that's in the back of your throat. You turn the car into drive and you turn it around and you head in an easterly direction, the same direction that that white truck went. As you begin traveling, you can see the smoke rising from the bomb and cabin. And as you pass it, the flames at this point have engulfed the entire building. It's big and it's bright, and it's easy to assume that neighbors are becoming quickly aware of it. With that said, this area is pretty isolated. And if the cops were called, if the firefighters were called right now, it would probably still take them about 20 or 30 minutes to get out here. We have time, but we don't have a lot of time. After about a half mile, you come across a plot of land that is slightly larger than Bauman. There's the makings of a house, the, the concrete foundation and A-frames that have been put up. But otherwise, the real home, the temporary home, is a double-wide trailer sitting perpendicular to the street. So the hitch is facing the street. There is a white truck with the matching plates that Samael notices, and it is haphazardly parked up on the gravel driveway and kind of half on the lawn. As you kind of slow down, you can hear that there is a dog somewhere nearby barking incessantly. Are you continuing to move? Do you pull off to the side? What are you doing? I'm going to pull off to the side. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just... Okay, so you are basically on the opposite side of the street, kind of parking the car and sitting still. You still hear the dog barking and you do see that the lights in the trailer are on. 
We need to make a fast decision, and it needs to be one that we all agree on. We are either taking the most simplest approach, and that's putting a bullet in this man's brain, or we are coming up with some sort of cover story that will suffice the reasoning behind what we allowed him to see. What are we thinking? It, is anyone prepared to kill an innocent man? Yes. No. Depends. I'm going to turn off the car engine, I'm going to open the driver's seat, and I'm going to get out. Okay, I guess that's a yes. Go around the front, open the side door, and I'm gonna allow Merrick to step out and be like, and just nod towards the trailer with him. Okay, okay, um, all right. And I get out of the car, I I come with you, Boomer, whatever this is planned, and I look to you as we're sort of walking towards us, I'm assuming we are. Tell me what the read is here. What do you want me to do? I'm gonna try to distract him, and maybe if you need to say your credentials, but the main thing is I'm going to try to keep his eyes on me and I want you to just take him out. Okay. I can do that. Okay. So it sounds like you guys are walking to the trailer. Uh, can okay. Hyde uh, go and take the driver's seat position? Sure. The keys are still in the car, by the way. Yes. Merritt and Boomer, you are walking towards the trailer and you can tell immediately that there are things scattered on the on the on the lawn you see things like a blue and green tricycle you see a red rubber ball and you see a pink children's playhouse random uh, superhero toys strewn on the lawn it is very obvious that children live here i stop boomer by the shoulder as soon as i'm seeing these children's toys and i say we have to be prepared to call the police as soon as we do whatever we're doing here because they're going to have to collect these children. Is that okay with you, Boomer? I'm going to kind of just like take a deep breath because I'm looking around. I'm going to just nod. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to nod, yes. Okay. The moment you stop, go ahead and give me uh, both alertness checks. Sure. I succeed. I got a 90. So... Only Agent Merritt picks up the sound of a window opening. And Merritt, you look just in time to see this man with a very scraggly white beard poke out of his window with his rifle. And he takes a shot. It rings out. Everybody hears this. But the problem is, is that maybe it's his nerves. Maybe it's the something. The dirt next to your feet explodes. He missed you. But as soon as he finishes firing, he screams out, I won't miss the next time. Get the fuck off my property. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to put my hands up in the surrender position. Like, whoa, calm the fuck down. Jesus Christ. Can you just he cocks, He cocks his rifle and just kind of holds it on you guys. Where's Samuel when you need it? This guy can talk a lot. Um, <laughs> sir, can you come out and talk? We're, uh, we're with the CDC, sir. What the hell are you doing on my property? What the hell were you doing over there on the bombing property? Sir, that's why we want to talk to you about. There was an issue that we're concerned, especially regarding COVID. I'm going to reach into my pocket to show my identification. Is that okay? Don't you fucking do anything. J- j- just hold on. Don't you fucking move. Jeez. And he's he's actually going to look in the direction of the bombing residence. And he can clearly see heavy, heavy smoke coming over the tree line. And he's gonna aim, he's gonna look just back at you. And again, he's going to say, you get the fuck out of here. I already called the cops. They're on their way. Sir, I just, I need to inform you that there was a biohazard issue over at the Bauman uh, location. It turns out that 
uh, a huge amount of uh, clusters of the spores of this virus could be associated with that location. My name is Alan Marks with the CDC. I have uh, proper identification that I can speak to you as to why my agents here did not properly identify themselves when you first investigated the property. Could you come to the front door? We can have a calm, considerate conversation. I just wanna make sure that you and your children are safe and that you're not reacting with um, too much force. Uh, Agent Boomer, do you have any uh additional skill in persuasion i have uh i have a bureaucracy of 50 okay. that counts uh, but nothing in persuasion no nah, just a regular 20. okay i'm gonna ask agent merit to make okay. a persuasion check all right uh, a 20 flat i succeed okay the man is listening to you agent merit he looks back at the house and he says What's wrong with it? What happened? Well, it turns out that the Bowmans were both infected with a highly uh, new form of the, the infection, something that is related to brain tumors and to almost fatal death. We wanted to ensure that no matter what, this, this territory in Michigan was not affected by whatever this is as we took samples. So, um, well, it became clear that we had to make sure the biohazard did not escape the area. The only way to kill a virus of that that effect is to burn it at high levels. Then the, the, why the gunshots? Why, why were you shooting guns? Well, you see, the virus causes a, a mental defect before the brain tumors press too hard on the brain stem, and it causes irrationality. Uh, the Bowmans were trying to fight back. And we unfortunately had to engage our service pistols to uh, ensure the safety of everyone involved. What the fuck? Uh, well, uh, all right, we, well, you can tell it to the cops, man. Uh, I, I'm just going to stay inside, all right? I, I, if it's really that bad, I should just stay away from you, right? No, that's, that's absolutely fair. But I'm just wondering if you could maybe speak to me through the door or just come to me so that I could see your face and get your information so that we can put this into our, our uh, documents and move forward. I promise you we're not, uh, we're not sick. It's not any situation of that. I can wear my mask if you like. I'd just like to speak to you face to face for a few minutes. Please sir talk through the door how about that perfect perfect you see him leave the window and as you approach the trailer you can hear the sound of a child crying and you can also hear what looks to be a uh, what sounds like a feminine voice uh someone saying something to the man and he's responding to her i assume you approach the door yes i do you can hear that he is on the other side and he says, uh, All right, so so, what else you want to know, man? My, my, my wife and my kids are pretty freaked out right now. Um, well, it's just a preliminary few questions that go along with the survey when something like this happens, just so that we ins can ensure the safety of you and your children, okay? And I reach to my side, and Merritt takes a very deep breath and pulls his sick uh, service pistol and primes it against the door. Um, I'm just wondering, did you experience any shortness of breath or coughing as you arrived at the scene? And I'm priming it against the door. He, you kind of hear him laugh a little bit, and he says, Hold on, man, I can't hear you real well. Let me put my ear to the door. I mean, the shortness of breath was being freaked out by you guys, man. Well, why didn't they say something to me? And he, he just kind of... I pull the trigger.
you hear screaming coming from the inside. But sure enough, you hear, boom, this body drop to the floor on the other side. As soon as he drops, I'm pushing the door as hard as I can, moving in, locating the woman, and taking a few shots at her. Make a strength times five check. Actually, before you do that, okay. make a sanity check, um, yeah, no both kidding. you and Boomer. I passed, 19. I need everyone in the van or in the suburban to roll sanity checks, please, as you witness this happen. Um, I'm going to say that Agent Warp, you are immune to this because you are already adapted to helplessness. Cool. Samuel succeeds with a 53. Talk succeeds. Hyde succeeds. You all lose one point of sanity uh, watching this unfold. So now give me the strength check to see if you can get into the door. Okay. I succeed with a 19. Okay. The door gets busted down and Merritt comes piling in. Uh, Boomer, are you doing anything? Are you following or are you just staying? No, I'm going in. I'm going to kind of slam the, uh, close the door with uh, my shoulder so my handprints aren't on it. I'm going to close it behind so the rest don't okay. see. So Merritt, we'll say you've already used your action to bust open the door and yep. enter. What you see is the man with the scraggly beard his back on the floor. He's got about six shots in him. He is not moving. There is a auburn-haired woman uh, in PJs that is screaming. She sees you running in. We'll say that she has the first action of initiative. She yeah. begins running towards the back, towards the kitchen, and you can see her get to a door. She's basically opening the door by the time it is your turn. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pursue uh, as soon as my turn comes around. I'm, I'm trying to okay. get inside of her so I can take my shot. I can... You're, you're currently in shot of her, but you okay. could move closer if you wanted to and get in shot of her. Yeah, I want to move in close, just to make sure I get her. Yeah, you're basically walking down the hall towards her as she's, like, struggling to open the door and get out the door. I, I mean, I prime the SIG, and, and I move it, and my hand is wavering only slightly, um, and I adopt the weaver stance, and um, I tell her, I'm sorry, and then I pull the trigger. Please make the attack. Okay. It's a pass with a 41. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. A seven. You shoot her, but in the commotion of her trying to open the door, she moves at the last second, and though you do get her in the shoulder, it's not a critical kill, and she kind of stumbles out the door. We'll say that she's basically within eyeshot at the moment, uh, but Agent Boomer, it's your turn. You see her kind of in the midst of getting shot and stumbling out the door, but you also notice that to your right, where the bedroom is, there are two children on the floor, and they are sobbing and crying. One is a boy and one is a girl, and they're both about five, six years old each. What do you do? I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to kind of just do a quiet gesture to the kids. At the top of the initiative, she begins screaming and is running towards the back of the trailer. Um, does anyone in the car want to do anything? Yeah. As I hear the gun pop off, I just take a hit off my flask bow my head and say, forgive them, Lord, they're doing what they gotta do. And I just sit there and wait patiently. Agent Merritt. Yes, yes. I'm running through. I'm trying to pin a good shot on her. 
Okay, you are basically stepping out of the trailer and looking to see where this woman has gone. Mm -hmm. And you see now that there is a cage that she is struggling to open. Uh, I'm going to shoot the woman. I succeed with a 61. Okay. You manage to shoot her in the head and she collapses by the cage. Agent Boomer, you can hear a dog snarling and barking and you hear another gunshot go off. Do you go outside? No, I'm gonna run back to that body and grab that rifle that's on the ground. You pick it up. Is there anything else you wanna do? I'll say there's enough movement if you uh, want to get out, at least like be able to see what's going uh, on outside. Yeah, I wanna like get me as, uh, my action movement, I wanna get as far with the rifle as possible to where Merritt is. I'm gonna say running from the kitchen all the way to the rifle and then running all the way back. I'm gonna say that's Pretty much it. I, I tell Boomer, we're back at Hyde, and then I, I take off. Everyone in the car, you see coming from the opposite direction that they came in, Agent Merritt and Agent Boomer, who rush over to the car and jump in. Uh, Hyde's going to get back on the road, heading west. Uh, I'm, I'm moving pretty fast, but I'm trying to stay at a, at a reasonable uh, speed to not draw attention. We need to be extremely careful. He said he had already called the police. They could be here within 15, 10 minutes. Uh, this is going to be a heavily policed area in the entirety of our ride back. We need to be very careful. Asian Tide, the car was turned off and you attempt to turn the car on. Can you please give me a luck roll? Oh, no. Someone hotwired it. <laughs> Uh, succeed. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. You turn the car on, and when you turn it on, you notice just a little bit of sparks kind of shoot out from, from the bottom of the controlling panel, and you can see now there's a whole bunch of wires sticking out. But the car turns on, and you get out of there. We'll say that everything we just discussed has happened. Um, however, when you're getting close to the highway, maybe close enough to pull off, there is a string of about two police cars and two fire engines roaring in the opposite direction of you guys. They pass you and they go wailing off into the direction that you came from. Um, if you want, you can pull off to a gas station near the highway and you can put your tags back on. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll pull off at the nearest gas station. Um, not like in an actual like stall, but like in like the side parking or something like that yeah. off by where like tires are pumped and stuff. I say, to, I say to Hyde while we're parked at the gas station, as it occurs to him as all those uh, cruisers were speeding by, uh, I, we really need to do something about this car when we get back to Lansing. We're going to have to find something else, I'm, I'm afraid. This is going to be directly attributed to whatever just happened. He, he was able to ID us and call the police department. Um, we, we'll, we have to take we'll, some precautions. We'll, we'll dump the we'll dump the the rest of them off at the the motel or something, and then we can go and, and dump the car somewhere. Perfect, Sergio. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what kind of this gas station is it? Kind of like a newer or older? What I'm trying to get at is is there any security cameras at the pumps? Oh, there's definitely security okay. cameras. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna kind of like in the group be like, we need to dump this car because I hate to, t uh, we're already caught on camera. We're already, we're already on. Um, just, we'll figure it out, but we need to dump this car and steal something as quickly as possible. 
And I motion towards the security hide? cameras. Like, it just looked yes. not... Is anything we'll you can do Um... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we 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 got to we got to we got to do something. Um, Unless you, you want to do it now, it if you want to do it now, if you want to do it later, we can. It's up up to you guys. Okay. I think the further away, the better. Just let's just get out of here, and then we'll just at the next uh, in route. There's a lot of woods. There's yeah. a lot of rivers. We'll just figure it out, or just dump this and move on. Okay, so we'll go back to the hotel. We'll sunset this vehicle. We can talk about getting something new tomorrow morning. If, unless anyone is opposed. No. Nope. You finish what you needed to do at the gas station, you put the license plates back on, and you head, jump back on the highway, head back in the direction of Lansing. It's, again, about a two and a half hour drive, which is going to put you at about 10.30 when you get back into Lansing. Sergio, at some point during the drive, um, when everyone's silent, I'll at some point look up and say, now, I know this might sound weird coming from me right now, but if anyone needs to talk, the collar's not just for show. That's all. I think not talking might be the best idea right now. I think not talking is what got us into this issue in the first place. I'm not very religious, so I don't know that it would do me any good. It's not about religion, it's about sanity. I'm, I'm gonna turn to him and I'm gonna be like, be like, I'm not religious, but ironically, I am spiritual, and I, I would just say thank you. I'm just going to say thank you. And I just like acknowledge that what he's offered. I'm just going to be like, thank you, but I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just turn back around. So the two and a half hours go by relatively silent. Most of you are beginning to feel those feelings of exhaustion after you've had just a, a roller coaster of emotions and adrenaline pumping through you. Uh, you get to the hotel around 1030. What do you do? Gotta get rid of the car tonight. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll ta- help take care of the car as soon as you guys unload. I still have that big ass rifle in my hand that I brought on. Can we have stopped a few like blocks away so there's not we're not on the the security footage of the hotel? Sure. Sure. All right. I'm just a researcher, y'all. Uh, what do you want to do with this gun? We I'll take care to. of the gun, too. Yeah. Leave it in the car. We'll just burn it. Well, how about this? We we can send uh, two of the security team and then one of the eggheads off to uh, dump the car, and then the rest of us can go into the hotel, digitize all this information, and upload it into the servers. Okay. So it, uh, could someone give me a game plan of who's going where? Um, Agent Semel will definitely return to the hotel if the opportunity is presented. I don't know anything about disposing of vehicles and weapons. Who's going to the hotel? Samael, who else? Tuck, I'll just, uh, I, I well, don't know what you're feeling, but do you want to go with the, the car team? Do you want to stay here and look over the, uh, the rest? What's your thought? I'll go wherever you want me to go. Fuck it. You call it. Okay. Um, why don't you stay here with Boomer? Um, Great. Do I don't even listen to the rest of his sentence. Okay. okay. So Tuck and Boomer and Samael are going to the hotel? That is yes, correct. I'm with, with you. Yeah. And Warp. Okay. So it sounds like Hyde and Merritt are going to take care of the car. And Warp. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, going Oh, the Warp is sticking around too. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Samael, Tuck, and Boomer, you get out. You have to walk a couple blocks, but you eventually make it to the hotel. 
Um, you give the proper information. You are given your keys. So with the with the four rooms available, how do you guys split up, or do you split up? I have one. Someone else has one. Boomer, Boomer. has one, and Warp has one. Hyde and I are in one, and Sam and Merritt are in the other. Right. right. I'm gonna say I'm okay. gonna to him like if you um because I've got the higher level because uh that's that's, right. that's just how <laughs> Boomer is. She got like the bigger room and all that. Be like. Let's just unload this in uh, our room and we can go and let's unload in my room and just drop everything off. I'm also going to say that since um, since I was the one that got out of the car and put the the driver's license, the driver's the license plate back on the car, I'm going to let Boomer and Sam go in on their own. And then I'm going to like go in the back entrance once they once they have the room keys. Okay, gotcha. And just try to be as out of sight as possible. Hide, Merit, and Warp, you continue on in the Suburban. How do you dispose of it? I'm trying to find a, like, a remote location, like a bat lot somewhere underneath a bridge, somewhere where if we can burn this car, it would we can get out fairly quickly, and it's kind of like expected to happen or occur. Or okay. if we could find like a, a lake or anything like that. Exactly what Eli is thinking uh, in terms of somewhere remote or near water, and we okay. can just dump this fucking thing. From what you can tell of Michigan, you pretty much just have to leave the city and you start hitting fields, you start hitting small pockets of forests. So you're probably going to have to head at least an hour, I would say, north, south, east, or west of Lansing. But you could probably find a relatively remote place. It's just going to take about an hour. I'm going to ask, can I see the the rifle? Yes, of course, Warp. You're welcome to anything. Uh, Of course. And I hand it over to Warp. If I can, I'm going to start disassembling the rifle. Okay. Do you have any uh, training in that? I feel like it could be survival. Yeah. Yeah. What is your survival rating? It's 30. With enough time, you can, in fact, start disassembling it. I mean, every once in a while, a spring will, like, hit you in the face or something. But I I will say, by the time they manage to find a place to dump this car, you have pretty much disassembled this rifle. While she's doing that, I'm, like, kind of eyeing her doing that in, like, the mirror. And I'm, like, shaking my head the entire time, knowing, like, how to properly dismantle a rifle. eventually find a remote field that looks to be kind of between large properties, and there is kind of a small uh, little man-made pond uh, nearby. It's the middle of the night. We could burn it, or if the pond is deep enough, we could sink it. Either work. Whatever you would like, Hyde, I know this is your specialty. I know usually you love them a whole lot more than you burn them, but I assume it crosses over. Venn diagram is a circle. Okay, uh, uh, let's, we should burn it, uh, burning it will make sure that all, as much evidence will get destroyed before Absolutely. anything else. Um, if we got something that we can stick in the, the tank of the car, we can just ignite it and get the fuck out of here. Any thoughts? I don't know, is, do we, do we leave anything left in the back? Like our bags, a jacket? Yeah, I'll, I'll say that there's something, maybe a rag or something that is been around. Okay, yeah. I'll uh, 
Is there... Damn, did we keep any of the gas tanks? No. If we had Samael around, we could use some whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes. Um... My first thought is just to uncap the um, the gas tank and just kind of yeah. stuff the uh, rag right. in there as much as possible. Does anybody have a lighter? I don't smoke. I don't think so. I don't. It makes sense for me to have a lighter. I don't think so because I searched for one last time. Is the car old enough to have a cigarette burner? Yes, it does. Okay. Then I go inside and I, I punch the cigarette burner and let it light up. Sure enough, it does, and it pops out, and it's red hot. Yeah, and then I go and I, I put it on the, the edge of the rag to give it time to ignite. Chuck the, the burner back inside there. I slam the door, and I motion, let's go. We're going to have to walk for a while. Do I yeah. have cell signal? Give me a luck roll. Okay. I got a 51... You do not have cell signal. So you, you walk for a little while. I'll say eventually you, you are able to, to get some. Okay. But you walk for about 10, 15 minutes. And if you look back behind you, you can see the plume of smoke. And then eventually there is an explosion. But after about a half hour of walking, you get close to the highway. And Agent Merritt, your cell phone does pick up signal. I hate to tell you this, but we're going to have to order an Uber. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Warp. I'm, I'm as upset as you are. <laughs> and I, I, you know, get a ride with Gustavo, who has 4.9 stars, and I wince because why yep. isn't it a full five? And Gustavo is about 10 minutes late, and uh, you get in, and you take the ride back to Lansing, to the hotel, the Radisson, and by that time, it's I'll say it's about twelve thirty. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> I assume you guys are just gonna go back up to the rooms. Unless you have a different idea, Hyde. I'm always open to hear your ideas. Well, I'm I'm gonna go take a walk. <laughs> if it's okay with you, I'll skip out tonight. But I'm going to rest my throat. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm going to sleep. Cool. I will be back in a little bit. So we'll assume that you guys have also kind of been in contact with the other team and you are aware that they are basically all in Boomer's room. With that said, let's go back in time a little bit with Boomer, Tuck, and Samael. What are you guys doing for the next like two hours while the other team is gone? I would like to get one of the, I will begrudgingly take one of the laptops spend about 15 minutes trying to log into the damn machine. Yep. Uh, and once I finally get in, open up my Microsoft Edge, or whatever. It's, it's CentOS, so um, whatever. Uh, so, from Firefox probably. Um, uh, probably ask Boomer for help a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and then when I finally get to Google, um, I'll look up Club Apocalypse and Ansel Incorporated. Okay. So you're looking up those two names on the web, is what you're saying, right? Yes. Okay. Um, it will take two hours for one of them. So which one would you like to search first? I'll start with Ansel Incorporated. You Google it. You also, you know, take the, the card off of the corkboard. And the first thing you notice is there is information on the back of the card. So there is a name on the back. It says Augustina Ortega, 
vice president. Then it's her email, a Ortega at ansellincorporated.com, and a phone number. And then there's a little extension written in like handwriting, 575, next to the phone number. Um, but if you go online and you start looking, Ansel Incorporated, uh, you come up with that fancy website that Agent Boomer had mentioned she found. Uh, it does seem to be some kind of technology firm, um, probably involved in the military-industrial complex in some way. You see that the president of the organization, the excuse me, the CEO of the company, his name is Robert Justin Ortega, and the vice president seems to be his wife, Augustina Ortega. There's a few other folks that are listed, but when you look at the website, there's products that you don't quite understand what they are. Obviously, they are geared towards very intelligent, um, kind of engineering, militaristic folks. Uh, but one thing you do kind of pick up as you're Google searching, there is information about Ansel Incorporated and their ability to... They have a patent on a kind of skin healing spray. They, they, there is video of a man who has been badly wounded on his arm, and this kind of yellowish spray is sprayed over the arm, and it kind of bubbles on the arm, and then the, the, the camera fades, and when it comes back, the wound is very clearly coagulated and, and no longer bleeding, and a whole bunch of graphics and things come up talking about how uh, the healing time is increased on wounds and things like that. Uh, kind of just on the edge of of what is known in, in science uh, kind of stuff. It's, it's impressive, but it's also kind of impressive how good Ansel is able to just play it off. It's just a technology firm that happens to have connections to military funding and things like that. That's that's about the majority of what you can figure out. They are based in Arizona. You're able to pick that up. Does it give a name of a town or a county? It's outside of Phoenix. Okay. So that is the two hours that you spend. Um, in those two hours, I assume Agent Tuck and Agent Boomer are in the room as well, correct? Yes. Okay. Agent Samael, your phone rings around like 10.30, close to 11, like when you first get in. Was this the one that got dropped into the septic tank? It, unless it was your personal phone, no. I don't think, I probably gave her the agency phone, so I'm assuming it's good. So I, I, I pick up my personal okay. cell phone, which I imagine is a pay-by-the-minute flip phone. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Fair, fair. You pick it up, and you hear a gruff man's voice, and he says, uh, Hey, so it's Tony over from the hive. How you doing? You still alive over um, there? Um, alive, yeah. Um, hey, uh, what's going on? Uh, listen, you know that calling me during the daytime hours isn't normally, uh, kosher. This isn't the daytime, father. We're in oh. the middle of the night, <laughs> huh? Don't you remember? I... Hey, listen, uh, I got somebody that wants to talk to you. Hold on a second, okay? Oh, oh, sure. You hear him handing the phone off to someone, and he says something like, All right, toots, he's on. And you hear a woman pick up. It's a familiar voice. And it's uh, you recognize immediately that it's Scarlet. And she says, Hey, Father Jones, how are you? Okay, first thing, I stand up. I turn to, to Boomer and, and Tuck in the room and say, uh, I'm going to step out for a second. Uh, and I, as quickly as I can, rush out of the hotel room, slam the door behind me. 
Uh, and then in the hallway, I uh, return to the call and say, uh, 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 hi, um, uh, hi, what's, uh... Hey, it's so good to hear from you. How, how have yeah. you been during all this? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good, a little tense, but, uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm surviving. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, uh, I'm, I'm calling because Tony wanted me to call, but I, I, I wanted to call you too. I wanted to check in on you, you know what I mean? And, um, well, there's this thing that's happening this weekend that if you wanted to come, you know, I know that it's quarantine and stuff, but Tony thought it would be smart to get a couple of the guys, you know, some of the regulars to come. They'll be drinking, they'll be dancing. I'll be there. The other girls will be there. It would be great to see you. Well, uh, if, if you'll be there, I'll, uh, I'll I'll try my 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 damnedest, um, but uh, listen, um, things have been kind of kind of busy lately, so I can't. Uh, unfortunately, I can't promise I'll make it there for sure. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything that I can to be there. Where's that? Did you say? Is that the club? Uh, uh, I'll have Tony send you the address. Okay. It's it's gonna be kind of in a in a private you know private house. Oh, all all the better. Um, hey, yeah. Hey, listen, um, I I. I I started reading that book. Good. Remember the one you recommended yeah. about uh, about Father Amor? Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff, huh? It's creepy. It's, it's yeah, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Puts I, I the like exorcism like to it. shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, um, okay. I uh, ho- hold on a second, and you hear Tony mean like, "Well, is he in or what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, soften, um, soften. I, yeah, uh, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him. But it, it was good to hear your voice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You too. Uh, thanks for the call. Okay, I'm gonna put Tony on. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Tony picks up and says, "Hey, father, the, mm-hmm. don't you're not acting in all spooked because a little little fever, huh? A little virus? No, you gotta no. come out and see the girls. They miss you. No, I'll I'll try. It's just listen. It's you know I've gotta be careful about my job and stuff. I I just gotta I gotta make sure that I'm uh." I'm good to go, you know. I just gotta make sure that I'm not gonna be too busy to to come by. But I'll I'll try. I, I, I promise I'll 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 try my my best. Yeah, all right, there, fruitcake. Don't disappoint the girls. And he <laughs> hangs up. <laughs> Thank God I'm not in the parish. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll try to wipe um, the the smile from my face, and I'll just take a couple of steps. Um, up and down the hallway to try to calm myself down as best I can before returning to the hotel room. Agent Tuck and Boomer, what are you doing during the two hours? I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, well, first thing, I'm going to organize, like, a, I don't know, like a table where, like, kind of organize where the documents and all the folders are, trying to get that, and I'm going to turn on the uh, laptop, and I'm just going to try to just upload as much as possible you can. I'm here to do a job, so I'm just going to try to do as much as I possibly can in those two hours. Okay, so let's be clear about what exactly you're doing. There is the cork board, oh, there okay. is everything that is in the footlocker, there is all of Bauman's notes and, and all those uh, papers and stuff that he had in boxes. I'm going to go through uh, the notes, uh, Bauman's notes and whatnot. And just like, let me go ahead and go back to the, uh, let me actually go, I'm going to focus on the footlocker. So you and Tuck work together to bring it into the uh, hotel room, and you open it up, and all the things that were in there uh, are still in there. I'm going to look. All right, let's look at this mundane leather pouch. There's something in <laughs> Nothing conspicuous about a mundane leather pouch. Feels good. Feels safe. You open up the pouch, and you peer inside, and there's definitely 
couple of things. I'm gonna grab um, her flash... wrist before she could like reach in or dump it out. I would All say right. maybe we shouldn't do this in a hotel room where we might conjure some crazy ass demon or being. Maybe this is something we should look at outside, away from <sighs> eyes or people or if it's a demon, I got you covered. Dump out the damn bag. <sighs> yeah, that went really well earlier. I'm gonna hand Sam. the bag to Sam. I wasn't expecting a zombie. I'm, how about this? I'm going to hand the bag, and because there's that a copy of Sky Devils, I'm going to go ahead and go for the papers, hand the bag to Samael, and just kind of, like, start looking at that then. Okay, so it sounds like you are putting the leather pouch okay. down, and you're looking at... You, you said you're handing it uh, off to Sam, someone? I, uh, I'm going to ha- hand off to... Uh, he wants it. <sighs> okay. Sam, we have half of our team missing. I mean, that come on, really- what's in the bag? Look, I'm shaking it. There's, I doubt there's anything that bad in there. <laughs> I'm not Agent Samuel. We need to take care with all of these items. All right, all right, whatever. Set it down and just kind of... <laughs> I've, I've yeah. aggravated her enough today, so I just set it down and go back to the laptop. I'm going okay. to grab the bag, and I'm going to tuck it underneath the cardboard box with the men's suit. So, Agent Boomer, what are you uh, researching then instead uh, of the bag? It's uh, that copy of the dissertation of sky devils yes i'm gonna read that so so here's the thing you can it's not a very big book but it's gonna take you more than two hours now you can decide i I mean it's gonna take a few hours probably like half a day to read it so you can read a little bit now and then you can read a little bit next day yeah that's very fair you begin reading it and it is a dissertation it's a doctoral dissertation by a woman named karen barr and th- the first few chapters are about her recounting her time that she spent amongst the remaining Native American tribes in the Wind River Reservation in Wyoming. Um, she mentions that these once nomadic tribes were known as the Plains Indians. This included tribes like the Arapeo, the Arakara, uh, the Bannock, the Blackfeet, the Cheyenne, the Crow, uh, the Sheep Eater, the Sioux. And all of these different tribes. She kind of talks a little bit about their mm-hmm. history. Um, so that's the first kind of first like two chapters, I'd say, uh, covering this book. Um, Agent Tuck, is there anything special that you want to do in those two hours before everyone else comes over? Um, I would like to pull out the reel-to-reel tapes and start setting them up to listen to them. But as soon as Sam goes out, I'm going to set them aside and turn to Boomer. Okay. Max, you want to tell me what happened in there? I think you can figure it out. Is it just him? Nope. Do you really want to know? It can't be worse than what I'm imagining. Well, my day started off. Or let me phrase this. uh, If you really want to know. All right. So... Take him out. Yep, saw that. All right. Did you see his two kids in there? I made an assumption. Okay. Uh, Now, I know you're thinking I'm a piece of shit person, but I'll say this. Hopefully they're young enough that that won't come back and bite us in the ass. But How old are they? They're fine. How old are they? Young enough to be riding that tricycle. I don't know. Like, they're, they're else they definitely look... What, five. like four, five, uh, five? Yeah, that, I guess. That's what kids, yeah, young enough. 
and uh, his now dead and wife. So there, now you know. I was right, it's not as bad as I was imagining. We're supposed to protect people, not fucking kill them. That's not what this program's about, all right? Isn't it? I don't know. You... We're supposed to protect people from things that go bump in the night, whatever the fuck that is. I don't even know what the fuck that is, and we've been on enough of these. From what I remember, from our second round of this shit. Your second the... round. All right, fair enough. I have yet to see anything go well or good, all right? So, yeah, we're supposed to protect people, and unfortunately, they were a hinder. They were a threat to us, and that's... I have to see it. And that's how you're supposed to see it. Because, frankly, I should not be doing that. My job is to upload shit onto a server. I should not have to be going out there to do this. That, that's my assumption. I'm just going to put the headphones on. Okay. So, so Merritt and uh, Warp arrive. Who's sleeping where? Who's doing what? Uh, are we staying up the rest of the night or are we going to bed? I want to go to bed. I want to check in with everyone first, but the plan is to sleep. Okay. All right, yeah. we'll say you're all together except Hyde. Okay. Um, is there anything going on tonight that would require my attendance? Unless you want to read in on some things, I can't imagine that there is. I well, do. I I just Don't want to preface that um, we should be taking care of this evidence as we digitize it. Of course, Boomer probably has that covered, but it needs to be eradicated once it's... Uh, sent in to Mallory through the, the server. So we don't necessarily have to c take care of all that tonight, but it's something we should consider, or, or if you're staying up to do so, maybe you can take care of that. Um, but we have to take care of all of this. Burn it. Do you expect us to burn it in the bathtub it. in our hotel room? No, no, not at all. Take a walk. Do do whatever you have to. I, I assume that all of you are capable enough to do that. I know that. I've seen you all work. But I just want to remind you guys that this was a cleanup job and we need to make sure it's clean all right i'll take a walk and i do uh i'm gonna go ahead and um go into be like kind of be like okay it's late uh i'm going to bed kind of shuffle people kind of out my room <laughs> and then i'm gonna go to my duffel bag because i know i pack something in there strong and i'm gonna go ahead and like uh I'm gonna pop an edible, take a shower, good, good. and then go to bed. Yeah, I think Warp's going to go into her room, get underneath the mattress, and just sort of starfish underneath the mattress. <laughs> Wait, what? And just go to sleep from there. I love like, her so like a fucking sandwich. <laughs> Listen, she did not. She made sure she packed a lot of things. A weighted blanket was not one of them. Mattresses oh, are heavy. Oh, okay. Wait, oh, that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah, she's out. Good for her. Uh, I'm gonna pack the the reel to reel. Did I did I get anywhere with the reel to reel? Uh, recorder. I mean, the, the it is there. It is set up. It's just waiting for you to hit play. Um, mm, I don't trust doing this by myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up and take it with me into our room. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm just gonna um, have it there. Take a shower and lay down with the lights on. Okay. Uh, Merritt, what are you doing? So I go back to the room, and since uh, since Samael is taking a, a walk, I take that as an opportunity 
to get some of the things that Merritt wants to accomplish done. First, I get in front of one of those ridiculous, like, full-sized mirrors they always put in the Radisons, and I sit down in front of it, and I take my first aid kit out of my duffel, and I redress my uh, my wound, paying, you know, careful attention to to where I can see sort of into my windpipe, and <laughs> making sure that that... So, so it's, okay. um, it's a flesh wound, okay. but... And it's definitely already beginning to kind of scab. Okay. The problem is, is that it's, there's like still little chunks of flesh kind of hanging off the sides of your neck. And you can either leave them alone and they're going to eventually kind of necrotically fall off, or you can take the time to try to remove them. But it's, it's, it's painful to touch them. Yeah. And it's quite uh, gruesome to, to see. I think he takes a few deep breaths and he grabs a scalpel from inside of the field kit. And he goes to the careful, slow procedure of removing the flesh from his neck and then cleaning off each of the, the, you know, sort of blood rivulets that come with each new piece pulled. And he goes about cleaning his neck as best as he can until he has the droppings. And then that goes into a little bundle of gauze that he then triple wraps with more bandage. And then that gets tossed into the, the trash. You do all of that. Do you go to bed afterwards? No, I think that there's two more things I want to accomplish here for right now before I get into bed. And that's one, he does 25 minutes of deep um, seated on the floor meditation. He plays this very smooth, uh, controlled jazz on um, his phone and he sets it out in front of him. And then he goes through the steps of his auditory meditation and and trying to find the ball of energy and and having it pass through his fingertips and then extend out until it's a laser beam from his chest and then back through up to the head. And he uses that ball of energy to sort of center himself and try to decompress from everything that's happened today. And then after the meditation is done, he rolls up his yoga mat, he puts it back into his duffel. He sets all those things orderly by his side of the bed that he's claimed. He takes off his shoes, then his socks. The socks get folded and put back into the duffel bag. All of these things are in a neat little cube that he keeps basically in the same side that he'll wake up and stand up on. Then he disrobes, he takes off all his uh, clothes, he grabs his towel, he goes into the bathroom, he takes a shower, Uh, he runs it until the hot water runs cold, and then as soon as it's cold, He sits down just like he did when he was meditating, and he sobs for 15 minutes. He allows himself 15 minutes of letting the tears run with the water and the heaving go through, or until Samael comes into the room, whichever comes first. Then he takes one single huge deep breath, like maybe the world would end inside of it, and then he towels off and he goes to bed. Agent Hyde, what are you doing uh, on your walk? Uh, I'm just, I start off like walking really, really like fast, just like as if I'm trying to get away from something or just as far away from like the hotel as I possibly can walk. Eventually, like I slow down. During that time, I'm just like, I'm counting every single shot I heard at the second house. And I know that Merritt had to have at least emptied his entire clip as well as there was at least one buckshot that went off. So I'm trying to assess how those shots were kind of scattered amongst how many people she knows was present at that house or what she can infer was like there. And she's just kind of trying to figure out how that scenario would have gone down 
and if perhaps did Merritt or Boomer end up killing what she assumes were children, she doesn't even know how many. And she's just kind of thinking about that the entire time that she's kind of just walking. She doesn't even know where she's heading, she's just walking. And then eventually she'll stop and realize that she's walked a little too far away from where she should be and then just starts to turn around and, and make her way back, knowing that it's late and, and it's time to just uh, move on. You come back. Um, are you joining into anyone's bedroom? Uh, I'm just going to go back to the, the room or try to find the room that ha- uh, I'm sharing with, with Tuck. The night passes. It's, a, it's not really... It's not till about 3, 3.30 in the morning that Agent Hyde and Agent Samael return. Um, If you are staying in the room, Agent Merritt, you get the sense you're kind of half asleep when when Agent Samael comes home, and I assume, Agent Samael, you go to bed? Uh, Yeah, when I get back, I'm assuming I did um, everything I had hoped to do while I was on my walk, uh, in air quotes, and I'll probably be to the point of of passing out from intoxication uh, by the time I return. Well, can I say I texted my wife and just told her that I loved her? Sure. Sure. The next morning comes to get enough sleep. I will say that most of you are unable to really get up and do anything constructive until about 9 a.m. That's about six hours of solid sleep. But eventually the morning comes. Um, Some of you are... Not necessarily feeling better after a sleep. Some of you are strangely sore. Agent Merritt, you're certainly feeling a very tense and sore neck. Uh, with that said, can you give me a con check, con times five, to see if you can heal this morning? I got a 22, and my con times five is a 50. So you get up in the morning, you you check the, the wounds, you check the dressings, and it looks to be getting better. It looks that um, that there is no infection taking place. Perfect. And you heal one hit point, and you are back to full health. Awesome. Uh, with that said, your neck is stiff, and it is uncomfortable. Um, for some reason, your throat hurts, and you're not even sure why. For a moment, you think... Could I have COVID? And then you remember you almost got your throat ripped out last night. Do we regain willpower if we lost any? Yes, Tuck, you can roll a d6, and you can add that to your willpower. All right. The next morning comes. Um, how do you guys begin your day? Um, well, when Samuel wakes up, he's probably pretty gross um, from everything that happened the night before. So when he gets, he's going to try to get up before Merritt wakes up so Merritt doesn't see anything. Assuming mm-hmm. Samuel probably left a little bit of a mess behind, he's going to quickly clean it up uh, as fast as he can, hoping Agent Merritt won't notice, and then he's going to scrub himself off thoroughly in the shower and hope that by the time that anyone is awake, he is just sitting peacefully in the hotel, um, either reading through his uh, through his Bible or one of his favorite C.S. Lewis books. Agent Samael, please make a stealth ch- uh, roll, and I'd like Merritt to make an alertness roll. Sure. I fail with a 74. I, I passed with a 48. Okay. Agent Merritt, you eventually come to consciousness and you can sense that there's somebody in the room and that Agent Samael is walking around and Maybe you don't immediately do anything, but you can tell that he is cleaning up and he jumps in the shower and then he is eventually... Uh, you said you kind of stay in the room and just start reading Agent Samuel? Yes. 
Okay. Is there a smell associated when I uh, originally wake up? Is there anything sensory that comes in especially hard with him cleaning up? Well, the first thing is, is that Agent Samuel is covered half in, in, in rotting water and rotting flesh. So, you know, there's certainly a, a, an unpleasant smell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he, you know, you, you, you wake up and you see him and he looks relatively cleaned up. Okay. Um, I think waking up to see him reading is a new sight for Merritt. Uh, I mean, any time that he's ever had to sleep with someone else in the room, whether it was field trips or dorming in college or, or anything like that, or in the academy at Quantico, when he woke up, he was always the first one up. Uh, and so, you know, he rouses from sleep and he goes through his morning routine. You know, he's preparing to start um, his morning exercises when he actually physically understands that Samael is there and reading. He, he looks to him and says, Oh, uh, good morning, uh, Samael. Or, or do you prefer father? Samael is fine. Father, if you'd like. But Samael is fine. Of course. Uh, well, good morning. I, I have to say it's the first time I think I've woke up second. So, uh, bully for you. <laughs> you know, stress keeps you up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'd be inclined to agree with you on that one. Um, what are you What are you reading? Um, Lewis. Case for Christianity. I'm not familiar. Is it uh, a good read? Um, if you're inclined towards a certain way of thinking, I suppose. And what way of thinking would that be? Uh, well, a Christian one. <laughs> well, maybe not my cup of tea then. And then I start going through my, my morning exercises. Uh, I have this routine that I've set up to keep myself okay while I'm on the road. And I go through that once my yoga mat is out and I do the exercises, then I do about 15 to 20 minutes of a short yoga routine. And I, I make sure that before the yoga begins, I, I turn to Samael. You're welcome to join me if you would like, Samael. It's, it's a beginner routine for the most part, uh, if you'd like to join. What the hell, never tried. Perfect. I think I have a spare yoga mat and everything. Give me one second. And he, he goes out to his duffel bag and he sets out another one. It's the exact same navy blue color as his first. And he sets it out right next to him. Now, there are going to be some techniques that I'm going to be using for centering myself that you may not be familiar with. Understand that when you start yoga, it is very important to understand that you will not be at the same level that I am. Flexibility and those things will come in time, but you have to allow your body to release the previous conceptions of what it could and couldn't do. Does that un uh, make sense to you? Of course. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well then, follow. If you have any questions, please let me know. And and if you want some pointers, I can clarify. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with any of these processes, but it may need me to touch you. If you're not okay with that, just let me know. But we'll begin in a few minutes. I have never stretched in my life. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting for you then, Sam. I Wonderful. It's definitely like, you know how if, when you're ever, when you try yoga and there's always like the guy that's obviously never done it before and he's just yeah. like, oh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Merritt, the entire time that you're like groaning, he's going, okay, just breathe through that. The breath is the most important part. <laughs> you eventually complete this yoga exercise. And Merritt, when you're kind of cooling off, uh, you notice that there is a text on your personal phone. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a look. 
You take a look at the text, and it's from Ronnie, your next-door neighbor who is looking after Samson. Yeah. Uh, she has sent you a video. You click play, and it's her holding the camera or holding the phone, and Samson is performing tricks for her. You can tell that she is rewarding him, probably with too many treats, and she seems to be encouraging him. Uh, she's encouraging overly excited behavior. Uh, I send uh, a two-paragraph text. Um, (laughs) The first paragraph is reminding her that Samson cannot eat too much because he has a fascination with food, and giving in to that will mean that Samson will give up on a lot of the learned behaviors we've had for him, and there are designated feeding times for a reason. And that while I appreciate everything he's doing for me, I think that it's very important to preface that uh, Samson is a uh, regimented dog and should be regimented further. Uh, And then in the second paragraph, I inform him that I'm going to have Miranda come and pick up Samson so that she can look after him because she's done it before. Uh, And and Gordy is asking about seeing uh, Samson again anyways. Um, And then as a sort of like... um, like a signature after the two paragraphs I put I really appreciate what you're doing for me but I'd really like for Samson to be with someone he's familiar with what is everyone else doing for their morning preparation Tuck uh, also gets up and does like push ups and sit ups and then tries to do yoga but she fucking hates yoga (laughs) and she, she gets like halfway through like four sun salutations and it's just fucking miserable not the stretching part of it just like the centering yourself part of it and she's just she's like i'm fucking done uh and so she takes a shower um and tries to like wash off the day before um and then she calls her wife um i'm also like working out same thing as she's like doing yoga i'm just doing like shadow boxing on the side watching her like epically fail um and I'm continuing my regimen when she goes and takes a shower, and I can hear the the groaning of Samel through the wall. <laughs> so I so I stop for a second and kind of listen to see if it's like actual like maybe fist fighting, <laughs> but it just seems like a bunch of groaning, and I'm just like, mm. so I just keep going back to what I do. And as soon as uh, Tucket gets out of the shower, I go jump in the shower and, and, and get ready for the day. Yeah, I'll call I'll call Rue while she's in the while she's in the shower and just check in and try try and make it really obvious that I'm trying really hard to stay connected. Um, uh, you do so. I, Boomer, uh, I would say she would have gotten up maybe not too early, like where she'd be exhausted, but she would have gotten up like a slightly a little bit earlier. Uh, she would have gone down to... Give me a con times five check if you're going to get up earlier than 9 oh, yeah. a.m. Fucking points, fifty-seven fifty. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, Agent Boomer, you try to keep up your regiment of getting up early. You try for like six Sick. or seven. Uh, you you get up, but you are exhausted. And I will say that for the rest of the day, you are going to have minus twenty to Jesus, everything. Oh. That fucking sucks. All right, fine. So I'll just be crabby pants. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to the hotel gym. And I'm going to go ahead and go on the treadmill. And probably because not only my exhaustive state and me, like, kind of focusing, I'm, I'm trying hard not to think of yesterday, but it is leaking out. Uh, so I'm, like, 
like I'm trying to repress some of that tear. It's like it's hit me. So like, as, like in the middle of the workout, it's like uh, I would I feel like it would get overwhelming and like a couple of tears come down. That's where I get off like a treadmill, kind of wipe my face down, gather my shit, take my phone, go through my personal photos, find a very adorable photo of my fiance, of us together, send it to her and in big cap locks and just say, I fucking miss you so much. Uh, send that off. And then I will look, uh, I will also send, uh, I will send someone else. I will send a funny photo of, uh, <laughs> of a, a Gen Zer yelling at a boomer, ironically, to someone called Melly. I'm gonna send a, a funny thing there. And then I'm gonna go ahead and like get kind of like go to. It's a Radisson, right? Like, do they have like a restaurant or is yeah. it just like they have a. They, they do have a restaurant. Uh, it's not so much a restaurant as it's just kind of a main area where they set up breakfast okay. and stuff like that. I'm going to go ahead and like go to that breakfast area and like see if there's any like fruits, yogurts. And I'm going to go ahead and if there's a coffee machine, oh, am I, I'm going to double fist some coffee real quick. So while you're kind of putting your breakfast together and getting some coffee, the, there's a TV on and the, the local news is on and you overhear something. Uh, you hear the local news person say, Breaking news this morning. Last night, police and fire rescue were called out to Messick County after gunshots were reported coming from an abandoned cabin was now on fire. Firefighters arrived shortly after but were unable to save the home. Any chance of an accident was quickly ruled out when the police went to question the neighbor who first reported the incident, 40-year-old veteran Porter Stevenson. Stevenson and his wife Amelia were found shot dead in their trailer home. Stevenson had been shot six times through the door and Amelia was found dead outside beside the family dog. Their children were spared in the attack and have been taken into Child Protective Services. Let's go live to the scene where Jack Cruz has more on this. Kind of like, uh, like grab my cups of coffee and whatever, like, like, like an apple and all that stuff and like a banana muffin, put that in my mouth and then head back to my room and uh, probably knock on, well, heading to the room, and I would knock on Hide and Tuck's door. I think... Okay, um, go ahead. You yeah. would see Agent Warp. Oh, I would. Because she, on the way on the way in, she's in that, like, conference room that nobody uses, a conference <laughs> room office space. Yes. Um, she definitely woke up under the mattress and scared her own self. Um, <laughs> oh. So if you, <laughs> if you were listening, you would hear just a... <laughs> um... <laughs> As she then she get up, shower, go downstairs, and she has her a very small collection of 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 roving of loose wool, and probably just a, a huge bundle of yarn that she's currently obsessively spinning in the conference room. She's covered with like it. it it's kind of like cat hair, but it's a little longer. She's got sheep's wool all over her face and her hair and her arms and her clothes, um, but she's just in there chilling so if you walk by I, she'll probably wave and the hairs will fly off into the air uh, i'm gonna drop the muffin that was in my mouth <laughs> whoa I'm, I'm gonna see all of that pause stop <laughs> say whoa good morning um morning what have you done 
this? And she gestures to this the pile of yarn. Yeah, yeah, was... yeah, I got bored. Clearly. Uh, you... <laughs> wow. Um, uh, can you follow me really quick? I, uh, I wanted to, uh, I want to discuss something really quick I just saw, and I, uh, I need you there. Yeah, no, this is almost gone. Yes. Yeah. And she puts the, the rest of the wool in her bag and, and takes her spindle and follows you up. I'm gonna just stare in like kind of shock and all. I'm like, Jesus. And I'm gonna be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Would you like to try? <laughs> would, I, would I like what? Would you like to try? You know what? Not right now. Thank okay. you. Fine. Yes. Later then. Yeah. Wow. So where are you taking uh, the I'm gonna go ahead and I'm um, like, get uh, Merritt and Samuel. I'm gonna knock on Tuck and uh, Hyde's room. All right, so we'll say that you basically get a hold of everybody and everyone is now in one bedroom. I don't know how to... Uh, just heads up. Uh, news report is out and police aren't really saying much, but I do think it is time for us to come up with an exit plan or do we need to get a hold of anyone from the program to take things further so we don't get entangled in something we don't need to get entangled with. My understanding is that the program will be of no help with that. Yeah. Every other time I've done this, you gotta fend for yourself. Yep. Exactly like right. Backup crews to like just like wipe out the crew. We, we are, are the, the backup, backup crew. crew. We can at least inform uh, our, our project manager, Mallory, and see if our handler can do anything in that regard. But I agree, I think we should uh, make way for Detroit, if anywhere else. It's the next location we know of, and uh, if anything, we have a green box there, and it will be far away from our mistakes here. I would advocate for a fast swing through Detroit to pick up uh, at least the checkout, whatever's in the green box, and then I think it's in our best interest to blow out of Michigan as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Fair enough. Can, can we make a quick stop? Where? Yes. Where could you possibly Where? be going in Lansing, Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's not super far. It's not that far at all. Um it's it's uh it's in Mason. We just need to to uh and I I guess I I'll show Hyde the address because I assume she's driving. Yeah. Yeah, Hyde, you you take a look at the address, you plug it into your phone and and it is a piece of property that is in the direction of Detroit. Like a rural, like suburb property or like It, it is outside of Lansing. Yeah, it's about an hour outside of Lansing. And what's here exactly? Uh, I just I have some personal supplies that I need to pick up for my sort of um, wellness while we're while we're doing the things that we do I swear if it's an arts and crafts store it's not so is this like a a go bag Uh, perhaps you've been to Michigan before you're you're leaving supplies or or I am getting I am getting supplies supply okay a single supply. Cut the crap. If you what, think it'll help out in Detroit. What supplies? Cut the crap. We don't got time. What's going on? I need a lot of, of wool. I need sheep's wool. Holy fucking shit. So basically a craft store. It's not a store. Are we going to a fucking sheep it, farm? <laughs> this is amazing. Oh my god. Okay. Yes, but very quickly. I, I mean, it should already be packaged. I just need to go in there. They should have it already sort of in a in some sort of bundle i just need one of them and that's it just run in right okay question so we're taking time out of our day to go to a sheep farm i just want to make sure i'm clear and i'm not like like still high i just want to be very clear that's what it is that's clear if you want to just like you don't even have to stop just hit a very slow 
Oh. You just put it in drive, and then I'll run in, and I'll catch up and hop. We don't even have to... What are the brakes? I'm gonna look at everybody go, what the... What? what? Warp, if you could just clarify, what are you using the wool for? Oh my. So the wool makes the string. Uh-huh. And the string helps. Yes. Uh, it helps the boxes. Remember from yesterday? The oh. Oh, my God. oh, the boxes. The yeah. boxes you put your emotions into. 100%. So the sheeps, the sheep, sorry, they're therapy to you. Yes. Oh. Boomer's gonna kind of okay. like process. And if it's on the way, why not? Yes, I completely agree. If we can make the stop, we should to keep, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, the boxes farther apart. Absolutely. Thank you. Right. Okay. Who's a shepherd to deny someone of sheep? Boomer reluctantly I, I, agrees. I'm gonna take. I'll just. I'm gonna sleep in the car. That's fine. Do whatever. I am walking out of the room, going towards the car, rubbing my eyebrow furiously. <laughs> Did you get a car last night? Oh yeah. We don't even have a car. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna go find a car. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go grab our shit and organize that. Yeah. Is there anywhere in your budget for a car, Merit? Uh, well, it was not uh, originally handled for, but let me take a look. I believe we can, because I did, I did budget out a quarter of each of our numbers for travel. So, um, uh, as he's talking, I'm just gonna hand her my card and be like, "Go get a okay, car." Okay, just make sure that we mark down. We get a receipt just so I can deduct that from this week's uh, budget. About an hour and a half passes. You manage to get a vehicle. Uh, it's about noon. Close to close to twelve twenty, I'd say, when you uh, have a new car. What kind of car would you have uh, rented? Think of the budget. <laughs> I was gonna get a passenger van. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's realistic. You get a passenger van. It's uh, it's about sixty. I'll say it's. We'll we'll look up what the reasonable cost okay. is. And I'll get back to you for uh, for something <laughs> like that. But you get it, and I assume you rent it for a couple days, maybe yeah. just a day or two. Uh, but you return. Everybody, uh, there is a lime not a lime green like a like a forest green passenger van uh that pulls oh, no. up you all roll in put your luggage i assume you're taking all of the uh items of interest mm -hmm. and putting it in and you are heading on your way oh yes. boomer's gonna get in like the shotgun seat and like put sunglasses on and just kind of pass out okay it's about an hour uh east heading towards detroit heading down an interstate road more than anything. It's not really a highway. And you eventually come to a kind of idyllic, heavily forested region. You eventually come to the address. There's a sign that says, Welcome to Happy Goat Lucky You Fiber Farm. Um, you pull up to a very kind of classic white American home. And it's beautiful because there's obviously things like um, red barns, there's a silo, there's other kind of secondary buildings, but instead of just being a kind of flat open land, there's tons of trees, there's tons of foliage and coverage. And although it's kind of, you know, nippy out, it's still really nice to be in this place. Um, it's, it's almost like you could forget that you murdered 
to innocent people last night. You park the car, uh, and you don't immediately see any sheep, but you do see kind of in the in the front where the home is, there's like a, a little makeshift table, and looks like there's some things being sold, and there's somebody sitting over there. All right, Warp. I will be right back. And she jumps out the car and walks towards the cute little table. Yes. Yeah, you... D does no one else no, follow? No, I'm gonna get out of the car. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of the car and just kind of trail her a little bit. Yeah, Not I'm gonna would I get give out. up an opportunity to see sheep? I'm getting out of the car. Yeah. Boomer's still sleeping in the front seat. <laughs> gotcha. Um, the four of you step out. Maybe you keep your distance, but you all kind of eventually make your way over there. Um, Agent Warp, you see a table that has what looks to be honey, what looks to be kind of local lavender, and other kind of earthy things. There is a girl, looks to be, I mean, maybe 19, maybe 20. She's... She's dressed a little funny. It's you know, it's a little cold out and she's kind of got like this halter top and she's got like these little booty shorts on. And she she sees you. She's got this real light blonde hair and eh, she, she she's a little overweight, but she's very friendly and she says, "Oh, hey, come on over." Yeah, you know, and she explains that she's selling honey and you know, the family uh, grows crops and they they grow Christmas trees and they sell sheep and they sell the wool from the sheep. That's all um Wonderful. I'm specifically interested in your roving. If you have anything from, let's say, five pounds, I would love that. Oh, sure, sure. W w why don't you go talk? If you go to the, the second barn, you go find my, my father. His name's Rich. He can, he, can, he can get you a cut. Thank you. And goes past her. Okay. Agent Samael, you are approaching, and this blonde girl kind of locks eyes with you, and she says... You a preacher or something? Or something, yeah. She kind of giggles at what you said, and you begin kind of having a conversation, bullshitting. She's very obviously kind of being a little flirtatious with you. Mm -hmm. And she eventually kind of leans into you and whispers, So you want to hear my confession? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. She stands up, and she takes you by the hand, and she starts leading you. Oh, um, yes. Around the other oh, side. No. Um, Agent, right. Agent Tuck no, and no Agent Merritt, you're kind of... <laughs> Tuck and Merritt, uh, what, 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 are you guys uh, with Warp? Uh, what are you up to? I'm going with Warp. I'm just kind of... Okay. I was going to follow with Warp. Uh, originally, I was going to buy some honey, but it looks like uh, Samael just got all the honey. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. The three of you eventually find a red barn, and there is a kind of stocky but but tanned and friendly-faced man. He clearly has a lot of uh, wrinkles from smiling and such, and he sees you and says, Oh, hey there. Uh, welcome to uh, welcome to Happy Goat Lucky You Fiber Farm. Uh, how can I help you guys? Hi. Um, we're looking for uh, a five-pound bag specifically. If you could have Icelandic wool, that would be amazing, but I understand how difficult that might be. He says, oh, yeah, sorry, I don't have any Icelandic for you, but um, I got regular old, regular old Michigan uh, wool. That's fine. That's fine. He begins talking to you guys, and you can tell that he gets a lot of traffic here because he almost immediately starts going into like a spiel like oh yeah you know it takes this much time for a sheep to make a wool and we shear it like this and he's just kind of giving you an impromptu tour and it's really kind of delightful and he's he's, he's a he's a friendly enough guy and he starts getting the wool that you uh, are asking for agent warp while he's kind of in the middle of a sentence it's been a few minutes 
Um, Agent Merritt and Agent Tuck, you're kind of looking around, and that's when you notice in the barn opposite you... Uh-oh. You can see Agent <laughs> Samael, and that blonde girl is on her knees no. in front of her. <laughs> yes. And you know Mr. Rich is within eyeshot, and he's kind of in the middle of talking, but you suspect in any moment he might look in, that, in their direction. Oh my God. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, halfway punch Merritt. And then go around to the other side and start asking fucking any question I can think of that has to do with yeah. sheep. Like, how do you how do you lamb them? Is that what it's called when you when they're giving birth? Is that what it's called when you when you when you help them give birth? I know I know with cows it's calving. Is it like lambing with sheep or what is it? And I'm like kind of panicking a little bit. That's what I've always wondered. Lambing. <laughs> Agent Mara, what are you doing during this? I'm, I'm doing the same exact thing, but I'm trying okay. to be the biggest man I've ever been. <laughs> like, cast a shadow, directly follow whatever blowjob direction I'm blocking. Oh, so you're going to take up the space and kind of block as the view. As much as I can and ask as right. many merit questions as I can. Right. Yeah, distraction, distraction on one time. <laughs> You you know, it's it's easy enough to distract Rich because he just loves to talk and he 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 chews your ear off and sure enough eventually you see Samael and this girl kind of skimper off uh, back in the direction of the front of the property and you get the wool warp and you guys begin making your way and by the time you get to the front, Samael has... Uh, Samael, would you still be hanging out with this girl, or would you have returned to the girl? Oh, um, no. In my post-coital shame, I will rush back to the car as quickly as I can, um, and just sit in the car and think about what I did. Yeah, so you guys return to the uh, the front uh, of the property, and you just see the girl there, and, and Rich comes over and says, uh, Here's my beautiful daughter, Candy. I'm, I'm so proud of her. Oh, stop it, Dad. I'm going to do everything in my power not to look at Merritt during this entire conversation. And and Candy does her best not to look at you guys. She's absolutely wonderful. You, you've done such a great job with this whole farm, Rich. I, I can't believe the the good grace that life has given you, sir. Yes, thank you for having us. Hey, folks, c- come back anytime, okay? I'd love to. Yes, thank Thanks. you so much. Warp, please tell me you got your wool. Yes, yes I did. I'm so glad we came. Thank you for allowing this to happen. This time I, mean, I, I was I honestly wasn't sure, but I, I'm glad you guys had a good time. It's like everyone really enjoyed themselves. Agent Hyde, you had something to say? Well, everybody's like out there doing their thing. Like she's been just kind of like just tapping on the the, the wheel of the <laughs> steering wheel, just like murmuring to herself. It's like we're in a fucking sheep farm in the middle of Michigan because of course we need wool right now and as like I'm just like talking to myself like I don't even give a fuck that Boomer's like sitting next to me as I'm doing that I hear the door open and with Samuel like sitting down there I like look Samuel in the mirror but I've noticed like he's like sweating and he's got that shame look on his face and I'm like kind of like leaning into the mirror like wondering why and I finally like turn around and I just like look at him like look him up and down what happened? What's going on? You look a little uneasy. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing important. Don't. Nothing important. Looks important. You're sweating. 
It's just, it's really hot outside. It's, it's like the sheep. It's like reflect. 50 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Eventually, the other three agents approach and enter the car. Quick question, Sergio, because I was napping this whole time. Did they wake me up or am I still knocked out? Um, I mean, you can wake up whenever you are kind of, when there's enough noise or whatever. I wake up and I'm just like, oh, uh, nothing important. Warp is holding a bag that like consumes her entire lap with like the wispies <laughs> still everywhere. Glasses or frames are up. It's full Miss Frizzle. You need all this wool? Yes. Yes, uh, I do. Okay. Depending on how long this is going to be. I mean, if we're calling this a low risk mission, we've... We've bodied a few people so far, so I think I'm going to need exactly this amount. This is a low risk. That's what Mallory said. No, I mean your your wool consumption. This is for for a oh, low this? risk situation. I guess now it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we go now? Oh, yes, I'm good. yes, please. I think we should leave uh, uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> nice sheep, though. Great sheep. Let's go. <laughs> As the car pulls away, Agent Samuel is going to drain half of his flask and just flip uh, his Bible open to uh, to to Romans. Uh, Tuck is still very decidedly not looking at Merritt, <laughs> because if yeah. she does, she's gonna start laughing. I, I think that Merritt is probably blushing more than he has in the last year. Like his face is red. <laughs> and he can't decide if it's from anger or from sheer embarrassment. Can I can I see all of this? I think that, I think that you are probably emotionally intelligent enough to tell. There's some real awkward energy going yeah. on right now. <laughs> so, uh, how was that sheep farm? Seems like it was very uh, exciting, given the the emotions in this room right now. We learned a lot about birthing baby sheep. All those sheep. Many, many sheep. It's really gross. It's real gross. They didn't have the specific type that I was looking for, but I ended up satisfied. How about everybody else? Yes. Satisfied is the word. I don't say anything. I just keep drinking. <laughs> Tuck is chewing the insides of her lips so she doesn't laugh, and she pulls out satisfied. her Satisfied. You fuckers are weird. Okay. Uh, I just keep driving. <laughs> yeah. Tuck, Tuck's going to pull out her cell phone and text her wife and say, remind me to tell you about the sheep farm. I didn't know my job could get weirder. I think, I think Merritt is just taking copious fucking notes. Just writing. The rest of the trip goes by uneventful, at least as uneventful as, as what just happened. The flat kind of countryside of Michigan at least this part of Michigan, gives way to denser and denser suburban sprawl. The houses are attractive, old, they have character, and it's really not that bad so far. But as you get closer and closer to the heart of Detroit, you start to see the infamous blighted cityscape. As you travel down the highway, you can look to your left or to your right, and there are entire swaths of the city that clearly have abandoned houses, ramshack buildings of different kinds. It's it's depressing to see in a totally normal circumstance, but 
On top of the fact that a quarantine is in effect, and there's barely anybody on the streets, it looks like a city where a bomb went off, and they started rebuilding some of it, but there was nobody to inhabit it. It's really a strange sight. Um, you actually pass some kind of military vehicles, uh, and you see the symbol of the Corps of Engineers on these vehicles. I mean, you assume that they are probably here, involved in some way, dealing with the quarantine, dealing with people that have been sick. Eventually, you pull off of the 96 highway, and you find yourselves in a neighborhood in the southwest part of Detroit called Mexican Town. It's mostly industrial lots, uh, warehouses, factories, surrounded by impoverished neighborhoods. The GPS leads you to a block-wide building called Classic Storage. And it has its name kind of printed in billboards on each side of the building. Classic Storage. You park the car, what do you do? Boomer. I just get out of the car and start going to whatever number we know the green box to be. As you guys walk, I assume everyone else is doing the same. Yeah. Uh, am I finally awake at this point? Yeah, I'll say that okay. you, you wake up, they wake you up as they're heading into Detroit. Did I, uh, did I recover anything? Because I know I'm negative 20. Am I like at least at like negative 10 at this point? <laughs> Be- because I like you so much, I'm going to give you a negative 10, yes. <laughs> Nick negotiated that. <laughs> I'm still nice. sleepy. I'm still sleepy. All right, I'm going to kind of just groggily, that post-nap, like, uh, kind of just follow along, not really think. I'm just... You cross the street, the the whole place is desolate and quiet. Um, there's a few neighborhoods to the north and south of you. You walk into the building. Um, you do need to wear your masks. There are people coming in and out. It's not a lot, but it is a working, functioning business that still seems to be open. And um, there are people coming in and out. Again, not a ton of people, but you know, one or two every once in a while you see them. As you enter the storage building, you start to realize it's basically three floors of, I wouldn't say maze-like hallways, but it's, the hallways aren't very wide and there are many of them for every 20 to 30 feet, there is a new hallway leading one direction or another. It's 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 kind of a bizarre place. It's very old, a very, very old building, not in, in the best of shape. You eventually find yourself on the third floor. It's unit 327. And there is a metal painted orange uh, roll-down door, a roll-up door. There is a padlock on the section of the door where there should be a door handle. And uh, Agent Boomer, you did write down the code for this uh, padlock. Do you uh, use it to yes, unlock it? You roll up, you you unlock the padlock, comes off, and Agent Boomer, do you have any alertness? <laughs> what is your uh, alertness I have skill? 20. Okay. Uh, you hand it off Thank to you. someone else. We'll say Agent Hyde, and Agent Hyde, you immediately notice this lock has not been touched in a long time as Agent Boomer's fingerprints uh, are left in a kind of layer of dust. This is a place to be? As you say that, Agent Boomer rolls the door up, and what you see before you is a... You're standing in, in, in a five-foot door threshold, and there's a ten-foot by ten-foot space inside beyond the door. It's basically like a closet, a little bit bigger than a closet, and there are kind of 
random items, uh, mostly in boxes or cases, kind of stacked on top of each other. It's not a ton of stuff, but the problem is, is that you could all technically walk into the green box, but you'd all be kind of shoulder to shoulder. And if only one of you walks in, there's still five of you standing in the hallway. You are very visible right now. Crowd in. I'm gonna hang back and be like one of the last ones in, so I'm the, so I have like more like visual space to, like if I get overwhelmed, I can just get out. Agent Boomer, this couldn't be the more archetypical situation of something you would oh. be uncomfortable with doing. So, you can walk in if you'd like, but I will need a sanity check. All right, I'm gonna still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna still like kind of walking, but I'm gonna be at the exit, and I'll still like, I'll still roll the sanity check. That's no problem, but oh. sure, this sure. is stupid. Why am I? Why am I fucking? Hell <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not pass with me before. Oh shit. No, Agent Boomer, the the thought of walking in here is triggering you hard, and. You need to justify for to me why you would not literally walk out of this building right now. Honestly, I can't. I I, I would have to. I think I, I I think I knew I fucked up, and I'm done. I, it's just like that. Just it, 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 it's uh, yeah. No, I I don't think I could. Uh, I'll be honest. I think I did it, and I knew I fucked up, and I I just I, like, I don't even make noise. I just like I just back out, and I'll just stay in the hallway. I'll, whatever consequences happen, that's fine, but. Sure. I, I'm going to say that if you f if you stay in the hallway, there will be further... I, I'm going to say this. Your disorder kind of takes mm -hmm. over your behavior. And I'm going to say that if you're being triggered this badly right now, you have to walk out of this building right now. No. However, the other agents, you guys, as soon as you start kind of stepping in, Boomer takes a step in and suddenly kind of just seems to lose it and just disappears down the hallway. I give a look to Tuck almost immediately and, and I pass off a buddy system. Do you mind? Do you want me to go with her? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll take off after her. I feel like I, okay. I feel like I would be best equipped anyway. Agent Tuck, give me a psychotherapy <laughs> roll. That's why you got the priest. <laughs> I was just trying to balance out the number of guns with people who don't. Yeah. <laughs> also, also smart. Yeah. Uh, so close. I, I keep forgetting you're like the perfect therapist. <laughs> so we'll, so we'll say that while the agents are in the green box, you go out and you try to talk to Boomer, but something is triggering Boomer, and she's having a, she's like shaking. She 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 can't get her sentences out. She's a mess. I'll stand, I'll just stand next to her and talk about things that I can see. I'm going to say, okay, well, there's a, there's a window over there. I can see outside. There's some birds flying past in the, the clouds. Uh, the clouds are pretty slow. Everyone that is still in the green box, you are in a very confined space. Admittedly, you know, if there was a, a camera in here, you'd look like idiots <laughs> as you bump acid, as you kind of bend over, try to reach for stuff. But it seems like you want to you know, lay low, so you all step in. I'm gonna share with you now what is in this green box. The, the first thing that you kind of immediately notice is there is a long, flat 
coffin. Uh, it's like a plastic pelican case, but much, much older than that, very early version of that. Uh, it's clearly a gun coffin of some t- kind, and there's a very heavy padlock on it. No, immediately, you don't immediately see keys. Uh, there's also a duffel bag, uh, kind of a large olive duffel bag, and it is stuffed full of clothing. We're going to assume that you kind of open it up and take a look. One thing you notice is that there is a t-shirt inside that reads, I survived Devil's Night. The shirt is covered in blood. Wrapped with the clothing, there are several manila envelopes. You immediately notice the familiar green triangle stamped on the outside of these envelopes. Each envelope has case files dated 1984. You know that if the agency wants you to find something, it's probably something like this. There are a couple of other things. On the opposite wall is a poster. It's a movie poster. It's the 1984 movie Ghostbusters, and it's still taped to the wall. You notice that there is a little five-ounce baggie containing some kind of powdery beige drug that looks akin to heroin or something. It's kind uh, of- Agent Samael is going to try to slip that into his pocket before anybody else notices it. Go ahead and, and make a, I believe it's a self check. Fail with a 76. The other agents, if you want to make alertness rolls, you can. Everyone's rolling. I succeed. I think at this point you all just see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I fail. I fail. Okay. Hyde is is the the only one that notices. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let him do it. There There is also a VHS tape that does not have a label. Um, you notice leaning against one of the walls, there's a police issue nightstick. There is a shoebox. You open up the shoebox, and there are five individually wrapped quick clot embedded sponges, um, a bottle of pills, seven disposable syringes, uh, needles, shears, tweezers. It looks like kind of a, a homemade uh, first aid kit, med kit. Um, one thing that does stand out is that there's a bottle of uh, a vaccine for tetanus diphtheria, and there's a, a hard rubber dog chew toy. Finally, there is a locked metal container that is one foot by two foot, and it's slightly cold to the touch, and it is locked with a with like a, a code. Anyone know how to break through a lock? A boomer might uh, if it's got a code on it. So maybe we wait until she's had some deep breaths. Or maybe we just take it out to her, if we think it's something important. Um, assuming we want to remove it, I'm not sure that it's... I would like to... First, I want to check if I have cell signal. Uh, you do. Okay. I, I want to Google... I'll, I'll try three variations. One is just Devil's Night. Two is just Devil's Night Detroit. Three is Devil's Night 1984 Detroit. See if any of that blips. Yeah, it, it's not really that hard to 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 search. Uh, trying Devil's Night and and Detroit and and 1984 all bring up very interesting information. Okay. Devil's Night seems to be some kind of northeastern tradition in America that has been going on since like the 60s or the 70s, probably more closer to the 70s, where the night before Halloween there are random acts of arson. It started as mischievous night or mischief night. And it turned into Devil's Night because people would start lighting fires. And that strange tradition coupled with an impoverished city with a lot of angry people led to that in 1984, 
Detroit had over 800 cases of arson in that year, so you could imagine what Devil's Night was like in 1984. Uh, it well, looks like uh, this has something to do with Detroit in 1984, uh, some sort of superstition that runs along with the day before Halloween. Don't like the sound of that. Is there any way to play the, uh, the VHS tape? Is there something to play on? You, you don't see anything. There's no tape deck it's... or anything like that. Might be something worth grabbing, if we can even find a VHS player anywhere. I'm assuming Agent Boomer probably has a way of dealing with that. Um, I'm interested in this uh, metal lockbox, if anybody has any theories about that. Agent Samuel, when, when you, you touch the box, it's, it's, totally, it's totally noticeable that it's at least five, six degrees cooler than the surrounding air. This is definitely something interesting. I think this is something we should probably take along for the ride. Okay. I completely agree. I think we can tag and bag all of these things. After I've got the Devil's Night information and we've talked with Samael about taking the container, I think Merritt's going to switch to taking the things we have in the passenger van, putting them into a specific corner in the green box here, and then tagging it with just a note, whatever I can, you know, an asset tag or whatever, that has the coordinates to Lansing, Michigan to prepare for me putting in some sort of report to the to, to Mallory later on the server. Okay, so just to make sure I understand you, you're taking basically everything from the car and putting it into the green box? Yes, into a specific corner and then tagging it with the coordinates to Lansing so that whoever would come here to investigate would know this is all one thing, nothing to do with Devil's Night. Well, I think we're taking the, um, we're planning on taking the VHS tape, um, and the files marked with the green triangle, um, we'll probably want to take those and digitize them and then destroy them, um, and then we will also take the metal container. Yeah. If we're feeling up to it, we could take everything from this green box, basically empty it, go through absolutely everything, because, I don't know, maybe the blood is important, uh, and this is more Caleb speaking than Merritt, but... Uh, go through everything and then just swap out everything we had before just to be thorough. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, are we that. keeping anything like the, the FBI VHS tapes and stuff like that? If we haven't been through, the yeah. The cork board, I, I, yeah. ideally I would like yeah. Are we, yeah. We're taking the nightstick? Why not? What what if could you possibly be weird about that nightstick? That doesn't seem suspicious in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I don't think we need to take it. I just Nightstick, and if nobody, if nobody else takes the nightstick, uh, Agent Sam L will shrug his shoulders and say, I guess I should have a weapon, too, uh, and, and he'll take it. You all grab something. Maybe it takes more than one trip, but you manage to basically clear out the green box. You put in the files and the paperwork that you found at Bauman's. You get everything into the vehicle, into the van. It's, I'll say it's about 3, 3.15 now. Next stop, folks. Anybody got any ideas? We need to get out of state. Yes, we had discussed that, so maybe we go about procuring whatever uh, air airplane that Mallory was discussing we'd have. Well, how about we head to the plane and figure out where we're going after we get there? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, if I see them all getting ready to go outside, I'm going to try and, like, rouse Boomer a little bit and be like, hey, mm-hmm. we're done here. Okay. Boomer, you are definitely okay. feeling better. Uh, as good as you can, considering you are minus 10% uh, exhausted. I'm going to go ahead and just, like, kind of just rally really quick kind of show like not to show any kind of like weakness and all that and i'm just gonna kind of trail along but not really say anything just be very quiet uh right before we get to the car i'm gonna turn around and i'm gonna say all right i was gonna save this for later 
but you look like you need it. And I'm gonna like grab her elbow and I'm gonna tug her a little further away in. Sam got a blowjob from the farmer's daughter. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Merit and I saw it and we. Uh. Yep, that happened. That, that I, uh, genuinely, that's how she's gonna. She could be like, yep, shut I know. That was the best thing to happen to her all damn day. And you can't, you can't, you can't just keep it, keep it DL. Cause I think, I think Warp feels like that was like a really cool bonding moment for us and not just deep panic on all of our parts. Hold the fuck up. Hold the fuck up. Hold the fuck up. I'm Chicha. I need the gossip. Hold on a second. I know. Mira. When did this happen? How long did this happen? Where wh where was everybody? I, I was timing guys. it. Fucking out. They were when, in full view of her father, so wait, though. Wait, no. You saw the blowjob. You literally just stood there. Unfortunately, and yeah. Oh I didn't. I didn't stand there and watch it. No, God. I'm just. Why like, the fuck would I do that? I don't know. I'm just. Oh. Yeah. They were in like full view of her dad. If he turned at the wrong moment, he would have just seen a. Hold on. You're not gonna drive past that like you didn't just say that. You need to fucking tell me. Her father was in. The, her father was right there. Within eye shot. Yeah, within eye shot. It was like oh the next barn over, or like it was in a stall. It was. It was like a stall. The other. The other agents are starting to come out of the building. Hey, you asshole. <laughs> we done. <laughs> Can we go? Yeah, we're feeling. Yeah, she's feeling yeah. better. We're gonna. We're gonna go. Oh, I am. And I'm gonna like offer her my hand to just squeeze all her excitement into. And I am gonna squeeze it. I'm just gonna like. Like, I'm mm, keep mouth shut, eyes wide, keep yep. trying to keep my grin in check. This has been the best medicine I needed all damn day. We can talk about it more later if you want to. <laughs> you, you all load into the car. What do you want to do next? So I think this is Hyde's jurisdiction if I'm not speaking She knows time. where the plane is and what to do with it, so... Are we, are we really going to go to the plane? Is this a serious thing, Ben? No, we're just fucking with you. Yeah. We're going no. Drive to the plane. We're hitting in the I air. think it's fine. I suppose the logical question is, where are you guys going? Where's the airport? No, no, no. no. I'm asking you, <sighs> where are you going on this plane? Are you going to sleep? On How the about um, we have a lead in Arizona. Um, other it's in Arizona. What's in Arizona? Um, Ansel Incorporated is in Arizona, specifically Phoenix. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. W real quick, Samuel. I don't mean to cut you off, but. What does Ansel Incorporated have to do with the mission? Well, it was on the cork board that we had uh, from uh, that we had found in the cabin. Um, it is specifically uh, connected to um, a list of what I believe to be uh, different levels of classification uh, within the program, um, and it might give us uh, some clues uh, as to what this guy was involved in and what he had gotten himself caught up in. You guys get in the car, and you start heading your way back on the highway. Agent Hyde, you know that you are heading to, um, you're, you're heading back, uh, to the west of Lansing. You're heading Where? to Abrams Municipal Airport. Um, Agent, uh, Samuel, please continue. This man, I'm, I'm blanking on his name at the cabin for some reason. Bowman Clyde. He was interested in it. He had connected it to, I'm assuming, an agent named Gavin Ross. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what we would find there, but it might be worth investigating at least. I'm, I'm just struggling to see how that's going to lead us to a case outside of following what Clyde was investigating, which 
I just want to remind you, I'm not trying to antagonize you in the least, but we were supposed to clean that scene, not not proceed with his investigation. Well, he has information on Daniel Frice, and we want to find information about Daniel Frice, so I think it makes sense that we might try to follow his footsteps, if you know what I mean. If, if the group thinks it's the right way to go, I'll proceed, but... I think that if that was the intention, I think that Mallory would have informed us of that, not told us to eliminate everything on the scene. Um, well, Mallory told us that this man would have information about Daniel Frice, and we have found information on Daniel Frice, and I am, I'm not saying that this is what we have to do, I'm just saying that as far as place names go, this is the only one that we really have, besides Meadowbrook, New Jersey, but it sounds like that place has already been blown to hell. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to proceed. I just want to make sure that we're sticking to the mission. Well, hold Case on, what did you even find in the green important. box? Some things relating to uh, an event in 1984 called Devil's Night that came before Halloween. They saw a record 800 arsons in the area. There was also a nightstick, a Ghostbusters poster of all things. Nope. A gun coffin and uh, a cabinet that we weren't able to get into. A- I just I hold the the um, the metal box up and I pass it over the boomer and say I'm not sure if you can open that, but if you could, I'm very fascinated to find out what's on the inside. Yeah, boomer, you see a little one foot by two foot box, and as soon as it gets put in your lap, you notice that it's it's kind of cold. It's five or six degrees colder than than the temperature in the in the room, but there's uh, like a classic kind of four combination um, lock, kind of like if you were, if you had somebody's briefcase or something like that, the the turn lock. If you wanted to take the time to work on it, you uh, certainly could. Yes, I could. But before I do that, I just want to be like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look into this, uh, sure. But I just want to throw this out to everybody just so we're on the same page. We already have a shit ton of stuff already in this car, right? Our job is to upload this shit into the server, which is going to take time. So if we're gonna dilly-dally and do all these side Scooby-Doo missions, do you see where we're just not gonna get things done? Please, I, I, I understand, but I, I wanna be very clear if we're gonna go follow the white rabbit to Phoenix or wherever the fuck we're going, we, I, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna probably, need, I need to focus on this. So that's where I'm trying to get this done as fast as possible. So I don't mind, but I am, uh, I'm gonna probably stay in a hotel and just. Well, if anything, we could go back to Lansing and stay on the airplane and, and get that work done on, on ship. If you're comfortable with that, Boomer. I'm happy to help. It's fine. That's, that, that's fine. Like, I'm okay with that, but I'm just being very on, I'm not gonna like, go any further than that. I'm being, I'm gonna stay where I'm gonna stay at and get all this done, okay? Completely yeah, agree. And Arizona's where we're going. There's no other lead. Arizona's, a, well, we have one other lead if somebody it's wants Detroit. to look up Club Apocalypse. Um, other than that. What about the server? Well, we can always look in the server as well. That's the only place we haven't looked. I know Boomer took a look uh, earlier while we were in the, the Starbucks parking lot. I know that Boomer's seen a few of the, well, at least the infrastructure inside. Yes. Funny thing about me. I have, yes, my I, I am very good at this, but my memory is dog shit. That's why I write a shit ton of notes and stuff. So I just have to kind of log back in and get that info. Maybe we should just 
chill at the plane for a while, sort of investigate some of these things. If we have to fly, maybe fly somewhere not too far away, maybe Ohio somewhere, and then... Well, we had better, we had better get out of Michigan. I think it's a definitely, no matter what happens, it's in our best interest to get out of state True. as quickly uh, as I possible. I do agree with that. So we like, just have to figure yeah, out what. I could put us in the air and you guys can figure it out, but we gotta do it ASAP. Don't you need a location to file a flight plan? I, I don't know how this works. I'm just... uh, we have a little bit of leeway, just a little bit, but that's why I'm saying we need to at least know once we get in the air where I'm heading so I can relay it. We need to give Boomer time to look at all this shit, too, and figure out the yep. other shit. We have a ton of leads that we don't know where they go yet. You could always spend the night in Detroit. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's Detroit. <laughs> it's a solid amount of information, though. It's true. I, I, we could we could definitely I, spend another night we'll, just yeah, researching. For the sake of like fuel, and at least we know we have ability. It would be honestly be detrimental and a waste of our time if we're just flying nowhere. So let's go ahead, figure something out, and we'll come up with a game plan, and then we'll do the next course of action. I feel like that's fair. All right. So I guess we're staying in Detroit. What okay. could possibly go wrong? Agent, um, we thought it's zombie. We can handle anything. Agent Merritt, you look up the closest decently rated uh, hotel. It's actually cheaper to stay in Detroit than it is uh, in Lansing. And you find a place. I assume you're getting four bedrooms again? Yes. Okay. You guys, it's you eventually get to the hotel by about 4.30. You check in. You move into the bedrooms that you want. You bunk up with who you like. And you kind of find yourself settled. It's, it's about 5 o'clock. Um, you could get something to eat, or you could just get right down to research. Um, with all due respect, I think it might be best to have one of the the gunslingers over here go on a food run while the other three of us uh, bury our heads in as much as possible. Good. Okay. Uh, I can make a run for food if all of you are comfortable with that. Okay. We'll say that you do it that. It takes me about five minutes because I've organized the top three choices for food in the surrounding area for each agent. Then I've narrowed down our choice. Then I've gone through and had everyone write down their order and then substitutes in case those orders aren't ready. And then I finally go out to get the food. <laughs> Great. So we'll say we'll say that you're going to need to get sleep eventually, but you could probably go till about midnight. So you've got about seven hours to look through the multitude of things. You're not going to be able to get through everything, but you'll get through a fair amount of stuff in seven hours. Agent Boomer, the last thing you were doing was reading Sky Devils. You suspect that if you sit here the entire seven to eight hours, you could probably finish it, or you could move on to something else. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna put a mark down in the last spot I read in Sky Devils, and frankly, I feel like that's a lower priority. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually kind of like put that like in my duffel, so it'd be like, so I know I have to continue reading that. So I'm gonna put that back in there, and then I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna fiddle with that box that was handed to me. I'm gonna go ahead and try and unlock that sucker. Okay, we'll come back to you. It's not gonna take the entire seven hours, but we'll come back to you. Agent Warp, what would you like to do during I'm this time? 
curious if I've ever seen any anything like the the carvings on the bone handle knife. Um, sure. I think one of the things will start there. Yeah, sure. You take the time to examine it, and it suddenly dawns on you that you know this. Um, in fact, when you show it to the other researchers after this sometime, they they maybe aren't as familiar with it as you, but they also kind of realize this is some kind of very old script, and you look up on line, and you realize that it's actually Ogham. Um, Ogham is an old form of Celtic uh, kind of markings that people would leave on stones. This is, in fact, some kind of Ogham script, and you take the time to look up these symbols and what they mean. You find out that this is Anglo-Saxon in manufacturing in, in terms of the uh, the runes here, or the, the script. In Ogham, it reads N-E-A-R-T, Niart, which translates to, in English, strength. Alright. I relay that to the others. I assume he used this to sort of handle whatever happened to Marlene. I guess it's, it's, it's not important now. I'm just going to keep it, if that's okay with everyone. I don't see a use for it, personally. Well, we should take care of it. We should either take it back to the green box or, or burn it now, if we can. Okay. Once it's deputized, once it's sent up to the... Uh, Class. So I guess I'm, I guess I, I, if I'm to understand correctly, in combination with kind of studying these things, you probably are also yes, taking yeah. notes in the laptop, you know, uh, taking photos, also, things like I, that. Also, I missed the leather okay. pouch discussion, so I will look inside of it. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, she did. And knowing what I'm planning on doing, you... I will stop you. <laughs> um... The leather pouch has just a couple of things. Um, you kind of dump them out. It's there is this kind of coarse hair, not as not long enough to really be considered human hair, but it's definitely some kind of black hair. And there are some adult teeth. Oh my and God. they're human. And there are if it, it, it looks human. And there are a few feathers. Um, Maybe some blue jay or some some other kind of... Uh, there's a few other feathers that are just kind of like brownish beige. And that's it. All right. See? No demon. Nothing to worry about. This is gross. I'm going to put everything back. <laughs> um, Do you think it was Marlene? Uh, is that something... That's not really where my uh, skill lies. I would assume probably. She was kind of all, not really all the way there anyway. There's probably some of her teeth in there. I would assume that it is something involving the ritual or occult practice that was used to um, quote-unquote resurrect her. Um, but I don't, I don't really do zombies, so obviously. So, uh... so, Agent Warp, you've kind of gone through couple things that have only taken you, you know, maybe two hours at the most. You still have plenty of time if you'd like um, to look at other things. I do. I'm, I am kind of curious about the paper, but I don't want to take it if, if, if Boomer's going at it. She has set it down, but if you wanted to spend the rest of the time, you could probably read a little further okay. into the book than Boomer, she did. Boomer, is that cool? I don't want to... I could probably free up some of your time if you like. Yeah. 
Yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. Then me and the paper. Okay, so we will say that the, the, the rest of the time you are reading it, you are intelligent, and I'll say that you're probably a pretty good reader. So I'll say that the rest of the time you sit there and you start reading this book, um, on top of the things that I already mentioned about the book, uh, Karen Barr taking her time to spend time with the Native Americans of the Wyoming Wind River Reservation, she got to know them, and in speaking with them, uh, speaking with the tribe elders, she began asking them about their mythologies and, and, and if they could recount them for her. And while most of these mythologies were already known to uh, the academia at large, uh, these mythologies revolved around creation myths, feats of heroism, uh, actual historical events, Karen became kind of intrigued by a series of tales that implied alien intelligences were interacting with the tribes. Often these interactions would occur at night or when individuals found themselves alone or isolated on the plains. Some tales tell of pinpoints of glimmering lights that spoke to the tribesmen in buzzing voices. These light entities were met after climbing Devil's Tower at night, which is a natural rock formation found in Black Hills, Wyoming. It's over 1,267 feet in elevation. It's just basically a huge, random plateau. Uh, it's featured in the movie in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Other legends tell of dangerous creatures from the night sky called Sky Devils. These gigantic creatures resemble great annelids, or serpents, but have a pair of huge bat-like wings. It is said their form continually shifts, making it difficult to focus on them. When these tribesmen were away on hunts, the tribe would protect themselves from these sky devils by lighting large bonfires. The annotations along in the margins of the book, it's a heavily annotated book by someone, lists other sources that may corroborate the sky devil's legend. Kind of random books are noted that you haven't necessarily heard of. Some of them sound occult in nature. The notes point out that sky devils might be able to be summoned using ritual blood magic, unfamiliar to the annotator or to Karen Barr. The final page is a note from the University of Indiana. This dissertation was rejected by the university in 1985. Barr's research was deemed completely counter to all of the previous research done with the local tribes. Either she completely fabricated these stories, or the tribes decided to share with her alone these secrets. Because you have completed reading this very strange story, a story that seems to be contradicted and yet supported by the annotations contradicted by this university, I need you to roll a d4 and you are going to ignore the four, so you will re-roll on a four. That's two. You lose two sanity Ooh. from reading this, but you gain one percentile in unnatural. Agent Samael, what are you doing with the majority of your time? Well, my first priority is to finish up um, the things I wanted to identify from the cork board, which is to, again, painstakingly log myself into one of these damned laptops um, and look up uh, Club yeah. Apocalypse um, and Charnel Dreams. Hmm. 
Okay. You look that up, and it's not that hard to find. It seems that throughout the 90s, there was a club called Club Apocalypse. Um, instead of playing, like, dance music, it played thrash metal and, like, really intense rock of that time. And... Charnel Dreams was the band that was the house band at Club Apocalypse. And you can find some details that Club Apocalypse is now closed, and it had a somewhat tumultuous history. There was evidence of drug trafficking and other kind of crazy illicit things, mentions of, of, of murder and kidnapping. Something weird went down at Club Apocalypse, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of details. Uh, there's certainly details that are public, nothing that goes deeper into what was happening there. Um, do I discover where it was located? Yes, yeah, it was based in New York. It was a club in New York. Um, what I, um, just out of curiosity, um, having been around the block a couple times, um, would I have possibly heard of it in my own day-to-day -day life? Maybe, yeah. Considering where you are from, yeah, I'll say that um, it's, a, it's a myth at this point, or not a myth, it's, it's a legend at this point, um, in the sense that it was kind of an infamous place, but it was a very real place, and um, it has a very sordid history. Um, it not only featured a lot of, uh, you know, there was obviously a lot of drug use and a lot of crazy antics that happened there, but it also has a little bit of a, a history of being like a dangerous place, and that's kind of what made it cool as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as it's located in New York, do I know which borough? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think with your research, you're able to find out it was basically uh, located in Brooklyn. Okay. That's great. And then how, how long does that take me to... Um, maybe maybe an hour and a half at the so most. So I, I have some more time. Um, then as soon as I, you know, I'm going to look at that... Um, write all that information down, file it, um, to discuss later with everybody else. Um, and then I would just like to take these files that we recovered in the green box related to the, um, the devils, um, the ones marked with, with that green triangle. Um, and I would just like to take, um, the first of them and just start going through these files and see what specifically is in, is inside each of these case files. As you begin doing that, Agent Boomer, first of all, I'll say Agent Merritt has returned. You guys have, have eaten. You're kind of having a working lunch as you work through this. Agent Boomer, you have a very high mathematics. You have very mm -hmm. high mechanical skill. It's just a matter of time. Go ahead and roll the d4 for me. One. Two hours later kind of in the in the mm -hmm. middle of everybody doing research you get it the the lid suddenly pops just just a little hey. bit good news got it do you open it up yeah. <laughs> do you want me to open it up <laughs> yeah i'm going to yeah i was going to say well like, here you go cuz i just no, I'll, I'll just hand it off to semio cuz that's what he really wanted and got I mean, it if if it makes you feel safer for me to open it i'll open it oh yes it does yeah you open it up, and inside you find a a six-inch, maybe maybe two-inch in diameter shard of crystal. It's like a white, milky crystal. 
there's, you know, not jagged parts, but it's obviously kind of it looks like something that has grown, so there's there's sides of it that are kind of longer than others. Looking at it, I'm just going to look at it for a second, see that it looks kind of sketchy, and if nobody else is looking into it, I'm at least going to describe to them what I'm seeing, and then say, should I pick it up, or should I leave it? I don't know what it does. I can try to figure out what it does if it's something we're interested in. I don't know. What do you guys think? Warp's going to go in her bag and pull out an extra pair of latex gloves and hand it to him. Uh, I will reach in, grab it, and just kind of pick it up to examine it a little bit closer. And I think that's a good place to bring it to a close for this evening. What's in the box? Sheriff Taylor of the Wexford County office near Messick, Michigan, watches as two sobbing children are placed in the back of his squad car. He turns back to face the double wide trailer home they were retrieved from, now encircled in police tape. His deputy approaches him. Sheriff, we were able to identify the parents, a uh, Porter and Cindy Stevenson. Porter looks to have been a vet. My guess would be this was a B&E, but uh, I... Sheriff Taylor cuts him off. That doesn't explain the connection to the cabin next door. I got a feeling Stevenson saw something he shouldn't have. Dispatch mentioned something about a black suburban. Put out an APB. We're gonna find these fuckers.